0: Oh gosh! The only oh, tennis God. podcast. Not being, not being, not being, not being, not being, not being. Probably not the only one, but uh, the most important,
1: most information. <laughs> All
0: right, it is uh, episode forty-seven of the ATP Around the Post podcast. It's me, Jay, Mark figaro in the building, and um. Feels good to have our original intro music, man. Oh yeah. Feels like we're home again. Um it has officially been 1 year since we uh took our hiatus. Feels good to have our music on our year anniversary of our break. Um and we are well prepared this week and I'm in a I'm in a good mood. I'm in a really good mood, man. Uh
1: give me our table of contents. What are we talking about today? Should Sloan Stevens retire? Barty's playing Miami. <clears throat> Garbina Muguruza wins Doha. Coco Gauff has a big confrontation. Nadal news, Federer news. Mm. And is ATP Miami lackluster in the draw? Okay. All right, let's uh let's start from the top then. Uh Sloane Stevens. But first we're going to start with Sloan Stevens.
0: Okay. Look. <laughs> Sloan Stevens. Grand Slam winner, right? Yes. Um, at one point, uh, let's talk about um, what we projected Sloane Stephens to potentially be. Did we ever see her as the next number one? Was that
1: a thing? She she didn't have the hype, mm-hmm. uh, like uh, Osaka, obviously, right. or even Coco Goff. Right. But, Which is
0: puzzling, if you ask me.
1: Right. But um, honestly, when she won the US Open, it was shocking. Yeah. She won two slams, right? That's possible. I know she won the U.S. for sure. I'm not so sure about Australia. I'd have to double check. I'm I'm not going to. I'm pretty sure she has two slams.
0: And I remember she had beat Serena. Yes. Yeah.
1: Yes, that's for sure. I don't know about the second slam. But she is now struggling a lot. She Mm -hmm. is playing 250 events. She played in Mexico. Monterrey. Monterrey. Mm -hmm. She lost to a qualifier. She lost to a qualifier. Okay, This person qualified to get into a 250 event, and she didn't even win the qualifier. She lost in the qualifying. She looked lackluster. She did not chase any balls. She was hitting everything long. Her movement is really bad. Every time she posts pictures on Instagram, it has nothing to do about tennis. It's her posing on a natural picture. Yeah. Do you think that Sloane Stephens should retire?
0: Uh, So I just uh, did a little research. She does have only one slam. Um, And I would never say someone at her age with a past like hers should retire. But I do think that maybe um, her top priority right now might not be tennis, you know? And I also want to take into account, not all players were really working during this uh, quarantine, off-season, awkward era. Um, maybe she's going to need some time to find a rhythm and get back to playing peak routine tennis. A lot of these players' regiments and routines were broken. Not all of them were able to capitalize and put the right people around them to get it right right away. Um, we're kind of spoiled by some of these players like the Osaka's, Serena's, the Djokovic's, who literally they came on the ground running when the season started again. They made it seem like they didn't have a whole year of a ruined season.
1: Medvedev as well.
0: Medvedev as well. Yeah, there's a few of them. Um, So even Kyrgios, who really wasn't playing tennis during his offseason, came out playing pretty decent. Um, I don't think that a lot of players did, and we just haven't realized it. She's one of the few. So I wouldn't say retire. I would say she needs a little more time to figure herself out and decide if she's ready to snap back into her routines again.
1: Okay, that's fair enough. Yeah. So if it wasn't for the COVID, then would your frame of mind change totally Sloan Stevens. Totally. I okay. would
0: say that either she needs to totally go back to the drawing board or maybe there's something we don't know about that is in leaning towards the end of retirement, you know? Maybe she's peaking. I know she uh within the last few years she recently got married. Yes. She was doing a lot of Jose things. Jose Altador. A lot of things off-court were happening in her life, you know, and maybe they're influencing her uh, her performance now. I don't know. Yeah,
1: I can see that for sure. Yeah. Well, hopefully she snaps out of it because it was not fun to watch at all. It Oof. was as if, uh, where is your passion at? Agassiz went through the same thing. He dropped from two in the world to under 100. He had played challenger events. He was just horrible.
0: Sloane Stevens was number three in the world in 2018. Yes, right. That's not long ago. No. So.
1: She is around... 60 ish right now, so she's not super bad, yeah, but still, it it was just bad to watch. Mm -mm. Moving on, Barty is gonna play the number one player in the world. Ash Barty is gonna play Miami. Mm -hmm. She has not played any tournament outside of of the Australian Open due to COVID, and she Mm -hmm. decided to make the trip. Um, what are your expectations for Ash Barty playing in Miami?
0: I really liked Ash Barty at the Australian Open. I was actually a little shocked to not see her in the final. Um, so I'm looking forward to it. Um, I think Barty's going to have a good year as long as she stays healthy and I'm a Barty fan. So, you know, I'm expecting good things. Um, which term did you say it was, she's going to where? Miami. Miami. Okay. So her play style, she should be fine in Miami. She yes. should be good.
1: Uh, she did well. Yeah. Uh, if it wasn't for the medical timeout stuff again, she mm-hmm. probably would have made it to the finals, but she yeah. got iced. Mm-hmm. So... She should be fine. Now, the the big topic is going to be Nick Kyrgios. Mm. For as bad as people claim that he's reckless, mm. he hasn't been playing any tournaments at all outside of Australia due to COVID. Yeah. So people need to chill on how they call him out like that. Mm. Uh, would you like to see Kyrgios at Wimbledon, per se?
0: At least Wimbledon. Um, I think that he'll show up to the big tournaments for sure, no matter what's going on as long as protocols and safety prohibits it. I know that he's very um, conscious, whether yes. we want to believe it or not. He's a very conscious person. Um, he's not interested in any tournaments that create public uh, lack of public safety. He's not willing to risk his own health or other people's health. He's expressed it outwardly during the whole offseason. And he even frowned on uh, Djokovic and Dominic team as well. And I think Zverev as well. Um, so... I don't expect to see him at very many, tur- very many tournaments until everything's figured out. We were kind of spoiled that, you know, he's from Australia. Right. Australia was fully reopened again. Like they had zero cases. Of course he's going to play there. As soon as the tournaments leave Australia, the real question is, is he going to play anywhere else? Right. I don't know. I
1: yeah, don't that's know. a good question. But uh, yeah, now Djokovic is idolized by more people, and yet he's the most. Um, he ran the a two. tournament. He <laughs> ran a tournament. Of the two, he he doesn't really care. Yeah. And people still talk about Karios. Yeah. So that's interesting. Moving on, Coco Golf. Now, this is an interesting story. Oh man. In Dubai, hmm. <clears throat> she played a match against Valdrasova. She Valdrasova was a semi-finalist at the French Open two years ago. Uh-huh. It was very interesting. They were serving hmm. and fadrasova catches the ball with her racket Mm. sloan stevens wanted a fault because Mm. you're supposed to catch it with your hand right they didn't call it Uh, coco goff went up to the umpire and told him what's going on you're not supposed to catch the ball with your racket yeah the other girl was livid for coco goff calling her out on that Mm. after that happened it became ugly Mm. the very next point Vydrasova hit a drop shot and she come on as loud as she possibly could as if she (laughs) hit a 100 mile an hour winner Coco got the very next point after that drop shot her Mm. and then went right at her with a backhand 90 miles an hour bam and then she screamed loud come on (laughs) every other point she was come oning
0: oh man (laughs) <laughs>
1: what do you think of the pettiness of that? And do you actually like Coco Gauff bringing out such fire?
0: Uh, I'll say this. I haven't seen a scenario like that since maybe high school tennis coaching days. <laughs> but um, you know what? Uh, for Coco Gauff, I like it. Um, she's extremely young. I don't even know if she's 18 yet.
1: No, she just turned 17.
0: Yeah, she's 17 <laughs> years old out there. Standing up for herself. Very headstrong. Very confrontational and ready for... What we call the smoke. Right. She's ready to win. She doesn't tolerate any BS. Uh, I respect it. Um, was it petty? Was it a little childish? Absolutely. Is she technically a child? Yes. And I'm going to allow it. <laughs> she's 17. She's supposed to be this way. Now, her opponent, on the other hand, um, she's 21. She's 21, you know, 21, 17. It's all the same thing to me. They're all children. Um, but. Yeah, you know, it's it's part of the game. This is sports. Um, it's petty, it's childish, it's emotional. I love it. Um, I love to see drama on the tennis court. It just lets me know that both players really want to win and both players are not afraid to express themselves with their racket instead of their mouths, you know? So let's get on the court and let's try to get in each other's heads. And as long as it just stays tennis, I'm happy. I don't want to start seeing walk up to the umpire in a 10-minute argument, call out the tournament director, fines getting thrown, rackets getting broken. I don't want to see any of that. But if it's going to be just drop shots and crafty, witty, annoying shots, I can support that. I like it.
1: I like Coco Golf as a competitor. Mm-hmm. She is very strong-minded. She She's probably the fastest uh, player on the women's tour. She chases a lot of balls down. Mm-hmm. And compared to Osaka, who's the, the queen of... Uh, being headstrong, quote-unquote, mm-hmm. Coco Gauff makes her look bad. Mm-hmm. And to tell you the truth, I think Coco Gauff is probably even more mature when it comes to her emotions than Osaka. I will
0: say this. Uh, our <laughs> first two years of commentating on Osaka, Gauff is miles ahead of that player. Right. Now, the, the Osaka we've seen over the last two or three months is a different player.
1: Yeah, I can, I can, I can see that. Um, she still has that uh, immature acting when it comes to speaking though. Oh,
0: for sure. That's her personality, I think. But, um, I'll be interested to see Osaka's behavior when she's not winning. That will be the testament for Osaka. Um, we saw what happened when Osaka stopped winning in her behavior, what she was doing with her team, what she was doing on the court. We haven't seen her in that scenario yet since then. So I won't, I won't make too many broad statements on where I think she's at mentally yet,
1: but okay, fair enough.
0: We'll find out with Osaka.
1: Speaking of Osaka, Maria Osaka retires at the age of 24. I don't know. I've never seen her play. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, I know she played in the challenger events, a lot of that stuff. Yeah. Uh, But I think that's a really young age. I don't know if she's in the same uh, frame of mind as Sloane Stevens was, but Mm. do you think that she could have done more to play?
0: Um, Not an expert on the way she plays or her game, so I won't speak on what her potential or skill sets are. But um, just to put things in perspective, do you remember what age Stan Wawrinka won his first Grand Slam at? I do not. He was 29 years old or 30 years old. Okay. One of the two. Um, he won his first Slam then. And he didn't have more than 10 ATP titles before that, I don't think. Um, so that's just evidence to me that at the age of 24, you have a long career ahead of you. Um, if you've already gotten as far as making it to the professional tour... There's no reason to stop now. You've climbed the biggest mountain in your range of mountains to climb. Now you just have to grind it out, stay consistent and disciplined, and the results will come. Uh, maybe it wasn't for her. Maybe her heart wasn't in it. Maybe um, she's just there because her family put her there. As far as like pushing her to be there, she didn't push herself to be there. Those kind of things can make someone kind of wane off from a sport. Um, and, I mean, she's in the shadow of possibly best female tennis player on earth right now. So I I can understand why she did it. I just don't think it's a good idea.
1: I, I can see that. Moving on, Garbina Muguruza wins. This is her first title in two years. Mm-hmm. She is 18 and four as of Sunday. Mm-hmm. She has the best record on the WTA tour so far. Woo-woo. And she had two match points on Osaka. Mm. She's the only one that played her really well. Do you think that Garvinia Muguruza is the only challenger to Osaka right now? No.
0: Um, She's not the only challenger to Osaka. I think that Muguruza is one of the top WTA players on the tour right now. Um, I don't know how long that will last either because kind of like I said earlier, we are seeing the... The resurgence, regrouping, recovery of a year-long vacation from tennis for a lot of these players. I don't know if our top 10 looks the same right now as it will at the end of this year. Um, you can expect a few players to really find their rhythm. Uh, there's a lot of names that you know we, we had at the top of our list two years ago that are very quiet right now. Um, so... Muguruza, I do expect no matter who shows up, who doesn't show up to stay in that top six list. Um, that means, I mean, let's let's be honest. Anyone who's in the top six should be able to be any other woman in the top six as the, as the tour stands right now. There's not a large gap between Osaka and anyone else on the tour that's in the top five to me. Um, she's just the best hardcore player in the top five. But she's not unbeatable by any means.
1: Yeah. And that's why I brought it up. She did have two match points on her. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, Osaka looked dominant against Serena. Mm -hmm. Against everybody else, she looked dominant. Against uh, Muguruza, not so much. She got away with murder, actually. Mm. So we'll see what happens.
0: I'm looking forward to seeing them meet up on a slower court. Yeah. I'm looking forward to that.
1: Moving on to the men. Dominic team loses to a qualifier. Who was the qualifier?
0: Um, I feel like it was it Lloyd was just, Harris. Lloyd Harris was didn't he just do something significant recently?
1: I'm not sure to tell you the truth, but he lost to him. Dominic Team stated that he will not play Miami. This mm. is what he said. He said that he is in a funk and he is not in the place to play right now, and he needs to regroup. Mm. What are your thoughts? First of all, what are your thoughts? on him not going to Miami and what are your thoughts about him saying that he needs to regroup mentally
0: I have mixed emotions about this Um, this is the guy who played throughout he played every possible tournament that was during the COVID-19 quarantine he played in every tournament that was possibly hosted and done I think he even caught the virus and kept playing with uh, Djokovic yeah he caught the virus with Djokovic and was in a tournament a week later You know, um, so in that aspect, I really struggle to empathize with anything he's going through. But on the flip side, every player on the tour, um, you know, they have slumps and dips in their year. All of them, including Djokovic, including Federer, Nadal, you know, playing perfect tennis for an entire year is ridiculously hard. I think it's been done, not for a whole year, but like the best runs in a whole year have been done by two or three players, you know, uh, I think Jimmy Connors was one. I think Djokovic is one. And McEnroe. And McEnroe. You know, they're the ones that <laughs> had like a crazy steady year. Um, Federer had a pretty good one. I can't remember what year it was. But, you know, Dominic team. you know, you probably do deserve this little break you're talking about. But I don't care. And I don't feel bad for you. So, um...
1: the thing about him is after winning the U.S. Open, mm-hmm. he struggled at the French Open. Yeah. He, he had nothing there. Schwartzman beat him in australia after that curios match he won but he was flat yeah he loses to grigor dimitrov who he should be beating fairly easily he didn't have anything for that match and then he loses in the first round to a qualifier
0: i want to say that lloyd harris had beat stan warrenka i want to say that's who it was i could be off
1: yeah i, I am not sure i'm not gonna say but I mean, if that's what needs to happen in order for him to get his uh, mind straight for clay, because you know he's going to play almost every event, Yeah. then so be it. Mm. Moving on to Nadal, he's also not going to play in Miami as well. Mm-hmm. He did not uh, accept the invitation in Dubai. Mm. He hasn't played since the Australian Open. He was supposed to play Rotterdam. He pulled out. Mm. He did not play at the ATP Cup as well. If you're a Nadal fan, do you think that this is a wise move for him to rest for the clay season?
0: Um, I mean, let's be totally honest here, okay? There's four slams in a year. Nadal, if we're if we're talking bookie, you know, like if we're talking real numbers here, the odds of Nadal, Nadal winning any slam this year outside of the French Open. He's not the favorite on any slam court the whole year. He's probably not a top three pick for any slam the whole year off of a clay surface. If I'm Nadal, I'm doing everything in my power to make sure I come into my French Open extremely healthy, mentally there, fresh, feeling great. I think if he didn't play a single tournament until Barcelona, that's probably wise. Um... He's at a point in his career where he has nothing to prove at any tournament. Masters 1000, 500, 250, Olympics. He has nothing to prove. All he has left to do is enhance his legacy, which is going to be done at the French Open or the World Tour Finals. Yes. You know, those are two places I expect him to go in and try hard. Um, I think that if he does go in healthy, he is the favorite for the French Open. So, I mean, I am 100% behind him. You know, he's in his 30s. He's played every tournament a million times. He's won all of them except for one or two. Yeah, this is how it should be done for him. You know, if you have an aggravated injury that's minor, what the hell, you better baby it. You know, really baby it. Come in fresh. Do not jeopardize your legacy. You know, win 13 Frenchies now. So, I support him.
1: Yeah, um, I don't blame him. Uh, Speaking of, I watched the players invitational it's a golf tournament yeah um there's this big guy right now his name is uh, bryson de he's the biggest golfer right now yeah he, uh, drives the ball 350 yards or whatever mm. and he's out there practicing a lot you know mm. and they're comparing him to nadal as far as the swing is concerned really as a matter of fact as you're pointed out during the golf telecast mm. and i quote they stated the toughest asking sport is to beat Nadal at the French Open. It's true. Forget Djokovic in Australia. Yeah. Nadal at the French Open. I agree. So that is dominance when yeah. you're named in another telecast. Mhm. So that's your tournament. They should have yeah. a statue at the French Open when he retires.
0: Oh, there will be. I think that I'm glad they're waiting until he's done because it needs to happen. They should be naming court 1 after him and he needs a
1: statue there. <laughs> so <laughs> whatever it takes to get into your tournament. Yeah. And destroy. Yep. Moving on. The, the lackluster field in Miami. Mm-hmm. Stan Wawrinka. Roger Federer. Um, team Nadal will not play. Oh. With that in mind. Is it still worth watching? Who
0: is playing is the real question.
1: Stefanos, Medvedev, Schwartzman, Djokovic—those are the big names. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, it's gonna be worth watching. I um, I can't imagine. I can't imagine it being exciting. It's gonna feel a lot like—is the Miami a 1,000? Yes. It's gonna feel like a 500. That's what's gonna happen. Uh, it will be underwhelming. I I was hearing that it was canceled but I'm assuming it's not.
1: Yeah, I haven't heard any about I haven't heard anything since then. I've been watching the tennis channel and they stated that the coverage starts in, on the 20th of March. Uh-huh. So, I'm not sure.
0: Have they released a draw or anything? Not yet. Okay. So, we'll know it's official when the draw comes out. Right. Um, yeah, this is underwhelming. This is going to feel like a Cincinnati or, you know, or not a Cincinnati. What is it? The Southwest one? Yeah. Yeah. That's Cincinnati. Yeah. The, you know, those five hundreds that usually have a few good names at it, but you know, it's just, it's surprising that Djokovic is going to get another masters 1000
1: (laughs) (laughs) and go ahead on the doll by two now.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's disappointing, but we know that this is part of the process of getting back into having a normal season. These underwhelming tournament draws, people dropping out, people being unwilling to play. And I do think that people having a whole year off last year is indirectly, subconsciously influencing players to be more confident that they can casually skip a tournament. You know, uh, there used to be a lot more pressure to play in every tournament and have better attendance. There's not a lot of pressure to do that anymore. So you're going to start seeing a lot of tournaments where players just don't want to play. And they'll be at the one where they do want to play. Right. Um, I think we'll see a lot of that this year. So uh, expect to see people at tournaments who want to win the tournaments, which is bittersweet, right? You know, there won't be players there that are kind of just attending. You know, everyone who's in the draw is trying to win the tournament. So I actually do kind of like that. Um, Also to add, uh, Lloyd Harris did beat Stan this year uh, at the Qatar in three. Okay. So maybe beating team wasn't a fluke. Maybe not. You know, maybe this is a a bright, shining star.
1: Yeah, I've seen him play before. Uh But the fact that he had to qualify to get into Dubai, it was just bad.
0: Yeah, it's bad. But, uh, okay, Miami's looking uh, disappointing. Uh, What else we got?
1: And last but not least, I saved this for best, Mm -hmm. the return of Roger Federer. Right. He played in Dubai. Mm -hmm. He beat Evans. And then he lost to the eventual champion, Nikolas Vashversvili, mm. from Georgia. Not Atlanta, Georgia. The country of Georgia. <laughs> first of all, did you see the match?
0: I saw about half of it. I watched a lot of highlights. I did watch some of, some of the replay. Um, How did you feel about it?
1: Federer looks great, actually. Mm. The first set against Vashversvili, uh, mm. he was inside the court playing... Like, Agassi. Yeah. Just relentless, ruthless, aggression tennis. Mm -hmm. He plays like that against anybody on any surface. He's Mm going to beat people. Maybe not Nadal at the French Open, but Djokovic, don't matter. He was inside the court almost every single point. Mm -hmm. Then I thought, okay, they did play Mm back-to-back. So I thought maybe he was tired. No. Mm -hmm. The second set, though, he just let it go. Mm -hmm. It was whatever. He just didn't care. Yeah. So as far as performance was concerned, I was very impressed. Mm -hmm. I was shocked that the fact that he didn't really try. Mm -hmm. He got stubborn. Mm -hmm. But he looked great to me.
0: Yeah. I want to say that I loved his mentality as far as playing his game and playing his tennis. He came out there and he didn't play the, oh, maybe my timing might not be there. I'll be conservative or reserved. He came out like, look. This is the winning recipe I have today, and if this doesn't work, I'm not doing anything else. Like you said, a little bit stubborn, but um, I like to see it because that mind state he used there, I think he went into that tournament knowing he's not going to go far in it, and he just wanted to test what are going to be the tools he needs to win the tournaments that do matter. Uh, So I was happy to see it. I think that um, he did exactly what we expected him to do in this tournament. You know, He came out, he looked decent, lost in the second round. Uh, I want to know, what's your take on the fact that he lost to the eventual champion?
1: That says a lot. Yeah. If he hadn't had, then maybe it wouldn't look so bad. Uh-huh. But that says a lot. Now, <clears throat> he had not won a tournament in years. Mm-hmm. And Bastosvili, the past four tournaments that he entered, he lost in the first round. And now he wins the entire thing. Interesting. So that is very good for him. Mm-hmm. Now, I do want to give a big shout out to uh, Batista Agut, who lost in the final to Bashashvili. Mm. He beat team and Rublev back to back before losing to Bashashvili. Very impressive. So, what do you think of those quality wins of Batista Agut?
0: Batista Agut has proven himself to be a very, very formidable top 10 quality player over the last two years. Um, he had wars with Djokovic Wars at the, I want to say it was the US Open That he had a crazy war at um, I like him uh, I don't enjoy watching him very much But I think he's a great player And he's steady He's very steady, he performs well Beating him is not an easy feat I was worried if Federer would have caught a Batista Good in his draw I would have been worried So um, That to me reinforces the fact that This win from our buddy who's lost two consecutive first rounds is a quality tournament win. He beat a great player. And these are best of three sets in these tournaments. So I don't want to say that he was gassed out in the final. I think that he was beaten. Um, So that's kudos to Batista Gut for what he did. Kudos to our new up-and-comer. I mean, relatively speaking. And, you know, that gives me hope for Federer. So all around
1: before finishing with the last uh veteran news team looks flat mm. against batista Goot he was content just rallying down the middle of the court mm-hmm. he wasn't pushing the ball by all means but he was just hitting it in the middle of the court non-offensive yeah. now when you play a player as we saw Feder and basasvili mm-hmm. the the Equipment that they bring to the court, the skill—it's mm. basically the same. They have mm. all the shots; they can do everything. Yeah. It comes down to execution. Mm-hmm. And when you're being passive, like Team was against Batista Gut, it's not going to cut it. Yeah. This this isn't pushing tennis in direct park. Yeah. Everybody is equal in level. Yeah. So the, with the thing that separates them, it's the the point construction, mm. when to go for the shot, when not to end the execution. Yeah. So if Team needs to fix that and take a break, go for it. And yeah. then, last but not least, Federer did skip, skip out of Dubai. They're mm-hmm. in Dubai right now. Mm-hmm. He said that he's not feeling it. That he wants to improve more things. Yeah. First of all, what do you think of his choice? Would you have liked for him to play in Dubai?
0: Um, he still. I saw a lot of frames. A lot of. So you can you know when we go out and train. We train for the worst conditions, you know? We want to prepare ourselves for the toughest moments on the court. That's what we train for, you know? Um, When he was out there, it seemed like he did well in those situations, and he struggled with the easy balls. You know, that, that sitter in the middle of the court, he had a lot of those in the net. That final ball on the rally to kind of put the point on his lap, he would frame those, overhit those, stuff like that. I think that he recognizes maybe he needs to Reevaluate a few small things, clean those shots up, and then come back one more time. Um, and I consider Federer an expert in knowing his own game and body. I I have to agree with whatever he decides he wants to do. So I'm here for it. I like it. I think that we'll see an even better Federer when he returns. And I think he was right.
1: Okay. <clears throat> what do you have? What last thing? He may he he's still undecided about the French Open. Yeah, This year is the Olympic year. Mm-hmm. Would Do you want him to play the French Open or say skip it and stick to the Olympics and Wimbledon? Okay, so
0: there's, a, there's two perspectives here. There's the I'm on Federer's team, I'm Federer's coach perspective, and I'm a Federer fan perspective. As a fan, I think that Federer is currently the third best clay court player on earth. That's actively on the tour. Number three. Behind, obviously, the king of clay, Nadal. And second, Dominic Thiem. Right. I think behind those two players, I think he's number three best player on clay.
1: Over Djokovic?
0: Over Djokovic. Um, when he's playing healthy in his best tennis. Now, with that being said, I don't see Federer on his best day winning the French Open. I don't see it. So, with that being said... I think that playing in it, if I'm his coach, is a bad idea. I think we do a few tune-up clay tournaments just to, you know, maybe get a win. Maybe try to avoid Nadal. Play when he's not playing. Um, Get your wins there. And then prepare yourself for Olympics and Wimbledon. Because French and Wimbledon are not far apart. Right. And it's very important that Federer's body is premium and primed for that grass tournament run. Because I'm sure he'll play at least one tune-up. And he will play Wimbledon, and he will play the Olympics. He needs to make sure he's in good shape for all of those. And we know that clay takes a toll on your body. It's very physical, longer points, a lot of balls. So I think as a fan, of course I want to see the number three clay core player on earth play. In every other aspect, it's a bad idea. Don't expect to see him at the French this year if you're a Fed fan.
1: I agree. And Wimbledon olympics are back-to-back yeah then if he is going to play the u.s open there may be two weeks to three week break yeah so that is a lot of tennis in such a little span of two months basically yeah. that is a lot of tournaments yes. big tournaments so five setters i i'd agree with you i wouldn't want to as a fan you want to see him Yeah. but i wouldn't even think about it this year yeah oh, so that concludes this episode i hope not you guys are entertained